paying too much for health insurance? Frustrated by high deductibles, network restrictions, and increasing premiums? There's a better way. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM is a Christian community delivering a robust, faith based solution to the high cost of healthcare. If your current health insurance has become more of a racket than a remedy, take back control of your healthcare at around half the price. Learn more and enroll today at chministries.org. That's chministries.org. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Chris Foster. For the Memorial Day show, we spoke to retired Marine Cole Lyle. He served in Afghanistan and now helps other vets as executive director of Mission Roll Call and the founder of Kaya's Canines. We talked about his work now, his own troubles when he got home from the war, and his best friend, a German shepherd named Kaya. She died a few months ago, the inspiration for a law in Congress helping other vets get service dogs. It's a good talk, just too long to fit into the weekday version of the rundown, so this is all of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Now Cole Lyle on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Uh, Cole Kyle, Executive Director of Mission Roll Call. Uh, I also want to talk about Kaya's Canines. Um, Cole, Memorial Day obviously means something different for people who've uh, been in war or others who've lost people to war. There are people that you think about uh, that you've lost on Memorial Day. Yeah, I, I you know, the reason I got into veteran advocacy uh, with Mission Roll Call um, whose number one priority is suicide prevention, and then all my work with uh, the PAWS Act to expand access to veteran service dogs. Um, all of that is because I've actually lost more people to suicide after uh, the war uh, than I have to the war itself. Um, and certainly, you know, I have uh, people that, that I served with that were uh, – killed in action, um, not directly, but it's hard because military service is becoming a family business and there are not many civilians uh, who understand military service, let alone uh, losing a friend or, or um, a relative uh, to combat or to, you know, an accident that happens while you're on active duty or, or something like that. So it's hard to find people that can relate, which is why uh, the veteran community, you you hang on to the people that you served with uh, for so long, and it becomes a lifelong bond because you 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 share camaraderie through um, mutual suffering. Yeah, I mean, for a lot a lot of families, more than in the past, um, serving the military is something that other kids, other families' kids do. Um, I yeah. think you're right; it is it, it is something of a family business. Um, You've spent time in and around government now. Do you find there's enough understanding and prioritizing of veterans' issues, or is it just that everybody pays lip service, support the troops, but that's about it? Um, I think it's more of the latter, but uh, veterans' organizations like Mission Roll Call, uh, like the ones that people you know hear about, the VFW, the American Legion, are the groups that speak uh, on behalf of veterans across the country and, and force Congress and force the VA and force the White House um, not just to pay lip service, but to pass meaningful legislation that could uh, directly benefit veterans or stop legislation that could directly harm veterans. Uh, Mission Roll Call has been very uh, public and loud about the need to 
resolve this issue with the debt ceiling because it could significantly harm veterans across the country living on a fixed income if their disability payments or their GI Bill payments um, are not sent out on time. Veterans reform uh, to the VA and to how our country treats veterans have only ever happened when the veteran community banded together in critical mass and, and forced Congress or the VA or the White House to listen to our priorities. So I think it's a little above. We mentioned roll call. You talk about um, you call it holistic care um, as opposed to here's your sleeping pill. Here's your antidepressant. Good luck, son. Um, yeah. What, what kind of things do you advocate? Yeah. So uh, first of all, our number one priority is veteran suicide. And there's no one thing we can look at and say, this is why veterans are taking their lives. Uh, it's usually a conglomeration of issues like financial stress, uh, relationship stress, access to health care. It could very well be a service connected uh, mental health issue, but it's not always a mental health driven problem. And the VA, unfortunately, looks at suicide prevention through the lens of mental health. Um, they say that they have, you know, a, a VA whole health initiative that they look at things holistically, but structurally, their Office of Suicide Prevention is housed under the Veterans Health Administration in the Office of Mental Health. And their response is, you know, let's uh, give you some talk therapy or some pills, which according to their own decision guide for post-traumatic stress and depression, um, talk therapy only works about 50% of the time, and the pills only work about 38% of the time, but have a slew of negative effects. So, you know, Mission Roll Call uh, would love to see more grant funding uh, to community organizations doing the Lord's work in the community that have touch points uh, that the VA will never have because they only serve 50% of the veterans in the United States. Um, service dogs are, are certainly one that I've been active on for, for years um, equine therapy, uh, all sorts of things uh, that can be helpful that are not necessarily embraced by the VA uh, because it doesn't have the quote unquote empirical evidence to prove that it can be therapeutic. Um, but I think that's largely a function of the fact that the VHA is, is the Veterans Health Administration is run by people who spent years of their lives and hundreds of thousands of dollars going to medical school, learning the traditional treatments, and they're reticent to say what we've done so far has not worked. We need to change course. What do you tell veterans who, forget about policy, what do you tell people who, when you look them in the eye, you know they're at the end of their rope, you say they're, they say they're, they're at the end of their rope. What do you, what, 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 do you, yeah. what words do you use? Well, look, you know, I've unfortunately been in that situation personally myself where I've uh, been at the end of my rope and I thought there was no way out. And I was about a pound of trigger pull away from becoming a statistic. And certainly I'm not a psychologist or a trained social worker, but I've also had to have those conversations with friends of mine that were really close. And the reality is for somebody to get to that point, they are lacking completely in purpose uh, and meaning, and they feel like they have no one that loves them unconditionally or will listen to them. So my advice, whenever um, whenever I talk to people that that ask, about how do I handle this situation? First of all, um, you know, be safe about it, right? If if there's direct harm, um, get get the police, you know, call the police so that they can have a, a specialist come out. Um, but if if a veteran's at that point. They're looking for connection. They're looking for meaning. So my first go-to is always to say, is to listen, 
um, to all their problems and not be judgy and not offer solutions because oftentimes they're not looking for solutions, but just, you know, tell them that you love them and that you care about them and that the world needs them to stick around. And more importantly, their future self and all the possibilities that life can bring, they owe it to that future version of themselves to stick around. Um, and I try to anchor it with, you know, you have, you have children that love you, that need you to stick around. You have um, a girlfriend or boyfriend or, or a mother or father, whoever, that need you to stick around. I would be devastated if you were gone. And I will sit here and talk to you for five hours, six hours, 24 hours um, until, you know, we, we get you out of this slump. Because I'd rather do that than have to make a call to your, to your mother, father, or other loved one. Yeah. You found a lot of meeting. Uh, meaning and, a, and your best friend who you lost this year. Uh, tell listeners about Kaya and how she came into your life and what she did for you. Yeah, so Kaya was a German Shepherd service dog who I got in 2014 after I had a close attempt uh, on my own life. And a Marine thankfully intervened that night. But I knew I had to find a way to mitigate symptoms um, of post-traumatic stress and, and kind of the suicidal ideation that I had. I had utilized talk therapy and pills, um, neither of which worked. And in fact, the pills exacerbated the, the symptoms. So I had a friend of mine who had a service dog and I asked him how he got his dog. And I went that option. I spent uh, over $10,000 of my own money to get Kaya and, and train her. Um, and the VA didn't provide any funding for that. And nonprofits uh, had wait times over a year that provide, uh, provide these dogs. So she worked enormously well for me for a number of different reasons. She was trained for, she was a, a service dog, not an emotional support dog or not a therapy dog. She was trained to do specific tasks like wake me up from nightmares or do what's called animal assisted intervention to stop anxiety attacks. But more so than that, she provided a sense of purpose that, that pills and therapy just never did, right? She required care. She required me to get up out of bed every day and feed her and walk her. Um, and if I had ever gotten to that point again, you know, I look at the dog and I say, the dog would miss me. I can't leave, I can't leave Kaya. Yeah. Um, so they're tremendously valuable for that reason. And I thought it was ludicrous that the VA didn't embrace this option. So Kaya and I lobbied for years on what became known as the, the PAWS Act, the Puppies Assisting Wounded Veterans Act, uh, Wounded Service Members Act, and um, to expand veteran access to service dogs for post-traumatic stress, uh, depression, and other mental health issues. And that passed in 2021, uh, actually during the chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal. Um, so that was a little bit of a diamond in the rough there. But then unfortunately, you know, Kaya passed away earlier this year. And, uh, you know, as, as many organizations provide these service dogs to, to veterans, there is no national organization that provides funding for veterinary care for service dogs. And as we discussed earlier, financial stress can be a huge driver uh, to suicide. And I didn't want veterans, I, you know, I, I was supported uh, by my friend Gary Sinise, uh, who paid for Kaya's uh, veterinary care. Uh, but that's not common. And I, I didn't want veterans in the future uh, to have to have another source of stress and financial anxiety uh, as a result of a a service dog that is supposed to be their lifeline. So I set up an organization called Kaya's Canines uh, to help offset this problem. 
Um, tell the story. Kaya became somewhat famous, uh, especially on Capitol Hill and in Texas, where you're from, um, because yeah. of your because of the the, the pause work. Uh, tell the story of her last airplane ride and and the reaction at the airport. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I found out that she had cancer, and uh, it it really did wreck me. And um, because there was nothing I could do. Certainly I, I took her to, you know, her, her usual veterinarian and then an internist. Um, and then finally down at Texas A&M, uh, you know, they offered to uh, do uh, radiation therapy and chemotherapy and things like that, prolong her life for a, a little bit of time, but she would have, her quality of life would have been terrible. So I had to make the excruciating decision that a lot of uh, dog owners and, and pet owners make it a certain time. And I said, you know, I don't want her to be as much pain and suffering as she stopped. I don't want her to continue to be in pain. And so I uh, took her on a uh, flight down to Texas because she was born in Texas. That's where I met her. And that's where, you know, I wanted her to spend her final days. And um, I mentioned it to a friend of mine uh, who works for Southwest. And um, when I got to the plane, um, or excuse me, when I got to the airport, uh, the Southwest crew at DCA met me out by the curb because Kaya couldn't walk. And so they met me out by the curb and, and had my boarding passes already printed out, uh, walked us through TSA uh, to make sure TSA didn't give us too much grief for her being on a metal cart. Um, and then, you know, we got on the airplane, the, the pilots came over before uh, we took off and, and said, if there's anything you need, let us know. Um, but then the, the video that kind of went viral, which I didn't expect it to do, um, they made an announcement over the loudspeaker that this was Kaya's last flight. And, um, you know, didn't know they were going to make the announcement. And um, But they gave me a heads up a few minutes before. And so I wanted to record it. And it's what went viral. Um, when we got to Dallas, they had made an announcement over the loudspeaker at, at Dallas Love Field and the entire terminal. I mean, I had to be thousands of people um, when we got off the plane were clapping and cheering for Kaya and um, coming over to say hi and pet her. And um, it was really overwhelming in a good way. Um, but then the next two days, you know, I had an event at a, at a local pub uh, up in up in Dallas, so that friends and family of mine who knew her when we lived there could could come say goodbye to her, um, and then drove her down to College Station, uh, where we spent a significant amount of time at Texas A and M. And uh, Texas A and M, you know, the vice president's office gave us a, a golf cart uh, to drive around to all of our old, uh, you know, haunts and locations on campus, and put us up in a nice hotel uh, with a room, gave her her last meal. Um, and then Saturday, when it actually happened, it was the uh, assistant dean of the veterinary medic medicine school who was there that actually took care of Kaya in her final moments. So it was really a lot of different, uh, a lot of support. And, and meanwhile, all this time, I didn't know that this was going viral. This video was. And um, Governor Santis, DeSantis, who I worked a lot with on the pause act and, and know very well, um, you know, tweeted something and all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting blown up by 
um, by people who are interested in this story. Um, and then I, I, I knew it would resonate with people that knew her and knew me, but I didn't know that it would resonate. That video of Kaya's last flight, uh, the last I checked, which admittedly was a few weeks ago, has been viewed over 100 million times online at this point. Well, I'm, I hope that outpouring um, tempers the loss a little bit. I'm sure you still miss her every day, but you, but you know you did the right you know you did the right thing by her. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, yeah, it really does suck. Uh, just because you know there's not many places she went almost everywhere with me for years, and there's not many places that don't have some memory of Kaya attached to them. Um, the outpouring of love and support is really what kind of buoyed me in in her last days. Um, and I'm trying to channel all that sadness and energy um, into hope. The reason I did the Pause Act in the first place was because, you know, I wanted other veterans to have the same resource that I had when I went through uh, those issues, and and pills and therapy didn't work for me. That's the reason I, I you know, I went out and did that. Um, and then with Kai's Canines, I'm I'm doing the same thing here. I want other people to have access to the same financial resources, so it doesn't become a source of stress for them. Uh, having having service dogs so trying to honor her memory and um, use this energy in a kind of cathartic way to help other veterans yeah um new dog in your future or still too raw i mean i I don't know that i'll get another service dog uh i i very rarely have nightmares anymore or anxiety attacks i'm definitely going to get a dog uh but whether or not it's a service dog or not remains to be seen but uh still too soon right now i i still just am processing a little bit yeah i'm sure um cole it's good to talk to you i know that you know part of your mission is to is to talk to people like me and and tell these stories over and over again and and, and bring this stuff up, so I appreciate it. Um, Cole Lyle, Executive Director of Mission Roll Call and the founder of Kaya's Canines. Cole, Cole, thanks for your service. Thanks for everything. All right. Thank you, sir. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.